Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Standing by, this is the conference operator. Welcome to the I Am Gold second quarter 2021 operating and financial results conference call and webcast. As a reminder, all participants are in listen-only mode and the conference is being recorded. After the presentation, there will be an opportunity to ask questions. To join the question queue, you may press star then one on your telephone keypad. Should you need assistance during the conference call, you may signal an operator by pressing star and zero. At this time, I'd like to turn the conference over to Indy Gopanathan, Vice President, Investor Relations and Corporate Communications for IM Gold. Please go ahead, Ms. Gopanathan. Thank you, Gaylene. And welcome everyone to the IM Gold second quarter 2021 Operating and Financial Results Conference call. Joining me today on the call are Gordon Stothert, President and Chief Executive Officer, and Daniela Dimitrov, Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer. Our remarks on this call will include forward-looking statements. Please refer to the cautionary language regarding forward-looking information in our disclosure documents and be advised that the same cautionary language applies to our remarks during the call. During the call, non-GAAP measures will be referenced and we direct you to review the reconciliations in our disclosures relating to these measures. With respect to the technical information to be discussed, please refer to the technical information and qualified persons slide. The slides referenced on this call can be viewed on our website. I will now turn the call over to our president and CEO, Gordon Stothert. Well, thank you, Indy. Uh, Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us. Um, The second quarter of 2021 was extremely challenging for IM Gold, and we will walk you uh, through both the challenges and mitigations in our discussion today. Uh, attributable production guidance was reduced to between 565,000 and 605,000 gold ounces due to lower actual production in the first half of the year from Westwood and Roosevelt and their lower anticipated output for the second half of the year. This is partially offset by higher production at Essican. We increased cash operating cost guidance mainly to reflect the lower production, cost pressures, and stronger Canadian dollar and euro versus the U.S. dollar. All-in sustaining cost guidance also reflects increased sustaining capital spending in the second half of the year. Total capital expenditures for 2021 are expected to increase by about $35 million, primarily due to expected capital expenditure increases at Cote Gold. Site capital expenditures are expected to be lower, primarily due to an unexpected reduction in planned work at Essican and Roosevelt. Cote Gold's estimated 2021 capital expenditures are expected to increase by $75 million to $430 million. So I'll now touch on a few items in this slide. At a corporate and strategic level, IM Gold generated 1.9 million in line site free cash flow during the period with an adjusted loss of $3.6 million or one cent per share. We have approximately $830 million in cash, cash equivalents, and short-term investment, and approximately $1.3 billion in total liquidity. And during the quarter, we effectively rolled forward our 2019 gold prepayment arrangement from 2022 to 2024. From a growth perspective, as indicated in our July update news release and Cote quarterly update, we have adjusted capital at the Cote Gold project with total project costs recast to $1.125 billion to $1.175 billion based on a number of factors, which I will discuss in more detail shortly. We continue to progress per schedule with the project achieving 27% completion overall at quarter end. We've we've also achieved over 2 million hours without a lost time accident at Cote and consolidated company safety metrics are tracking better than targets in the first half of the year. We continue to develop our districts with work done in the quarter to de-risk Bodo and delineate Gosselin. 
I Am Gold is committed to achieving high standards in environmental, social, and governance practices, which reflect our long-held zero-harm vision. At the end of June, the company, the Métis Nation of Ontario, and Sumitomo Metal Mining Company Limited celebrated the signing of an IBA related to the Cote Gold project. This completes the IBAs that we were expecting to sign for, for Cote. At the Bodo Gold project and the exploration program in Senegal, the company is committed to investing 3.4 million in local community development activities over the 2020 to 2023 period. The program developed with local stakeholders will focus first on responding to the development of priority infrastructure to meet the basic needs of the communities and initiatives aimed at the long-term empowerment of the communities by initially focusing on the implementation, local employment, and local procurement strategies. We are proud to share that at the end of the quarter, Corporate Knights released its best 50 list, which identifies the top 50 Canadian corp corporate citizens across all sectors, evaluated based on up to 24 environmental, social, governance, and economic key performance indicators. I'm Gold placed 44th across all corporate sectors and eighth out of 122 companies in the mining sector. And in April, we were upgraded to a double A rating on the MSCI ESG assessment, placing I am Gold in the top 15% of precious metal companies. For each of our sites, we have continued our proactive management of COVID-19. However, we did have an increase in COVID-19 cases in Suriname and corresponding increase in cases at Rosabelle, with mandatory antigen testing now in place, among other mitigating controls. The second quarter also saw an increased number of COVID-19 cases in the Timmins area. Although some cases were experienced by a small number of workers at Cote during this wave, heightened testing and additional constraints on site circulation were implemented, which, which strongly limited the number of cases experienced. Subsequent to the end of the second quarter, several contra contract workers at Bodo tested positive for COVID-19 and remain under observation before being released into isolation. Testing and contact tracing has been undertaken and the situation is being monitored. At this time, the company does not expect a material impact, impact on project activities. The previously implemented protocols across our operations and offices globally remain in place and there have been no other material impacts on our operations, construction and development projects, or exploration sites during the second quarter. Our DART, or days away restricted and transferred duty frequency rate was 0.35 and the TRI, or total recordable injuries frequency rate was 0.70. Uh, respectively per 200,000 man hours worked. And the Cote Cold project had achieved over 2 million hours without lock time. We continue to implement several initiatives, including I Am Safe, uh, the revamped health and safety management program to pr promote a safe work environment. I will now cover, review the operating performance at each site in turn. So SHN continued to perform strongly in the quarter with attributable gold production of 106,000 ounces for the quarter at an all-in sustaining cost of $1,060 per ounce sold, consistent with the prior quarters. Production reflected above plan grades, partially offset by lower gold recovery. We have completed the mill optimization project with an anticipated 10% uh, improvement in hard rock processing over the course of the year from an annualized 10.8 million tons to 11.7 million tons. As noted last quarter, this improvement in capacity is important as ESSACAN moves to greater proportional volumes of transition and hard rock versus softer rock in the coming years. We have also renewed a three-year collective bargaining agreement uh, with our unionized ESSACAN workforce in July, which will be in effect for three years until the end of June 2024. Looking forward to the balance of the year, we have revised production guidance at ESSACAN upward to 390,000 to 400,000 ounces to reflect the production from higher grades achieved in the first half of the year uh, and which are expected to normalize in the second half. The mill feed is expected to be supplemented by ore stockpiles in the third quarter to offset the impacts of seasonal rain. 
and we will have higher capital spend in the second half of the year for strategic pushback work as previously planned. A number of events negatively impacted Roosevelt this quarter beyond the unusually heavy rain. Outfoot fell because of a significant increase in COVID-19 cases in the region and because of challenging industrial relations up to the point of the resolution of the collective bargaining agreement in May, which resulted in multiple lockdowns, illnesses, and impacts on workforce availability that affected operations. At the Saramaca pit, management of the high clay content ore exacerbated by the heavy rains negatively impacted ore handling and mill throughput. As a result, attributable gold production for the first quarter was 25,000 ounces, with all-in sustaining costs of $2,237 per ounce sold, reflecting lower sales volumes, higher cost of sales, and higher sustaining capital. Due to the collective impact of these challenging factors, among others, and continued uncertainty related to the COVID-19 situation, we have reduced Roosevelt's 2021 guidance to 140,000 to 160,000 ounces. At Saramaca, construction of required infrastructure is continuing with the infrastructure pad and sedimentation dams scheduled for completion in the fourth quarter of 2021, and the west dump rock drain, dewatering wells, and bypass road phase two scheduled for completion toward the end of the year and, in, and into 2022. We expect certain cost pressures to persist in the second half of the year, and we are continuing to assess what, if any, ongoing impacts our challenges may have on ore sequencing in 2022 production. In addition, we have been working on a new geological model to form the basis of an updated mineral inventory estimate to be released before the end of 2021. Based on currently available information, and given the negative impact of certain factors, we expect a total mineral resource estimate will decrease. To address the issues we have encountered in the second quarter, we are implementing a number of initiatives. To manage the increase in COVID-19 cases at Roosevelt, we have implemented mandatory antigen testing and can safely now accommodate the necessary workforce, having commissioned the 360 additional beds that we've previously spoken to. To improve production rates, the operation is undertaking, among other activities, pit dewatering, geotechnical assessments, optimization of the mine design and sequence, and in-pit road haulage improvements. These activities are expected to reestablish and increase pushback access in the second half of 2021, provide additional productive faces at Roosevelt, and increase the overall mine grade over the remainder of the year, albeit still below reserve grades. Conditions in the pits are being improved and the operation has met its updated plan for July. To improve equipment availability, we have ongoing improvements to the maintenance program, while additional mobile equipment is scheduled to arrive by the end of the year. This is expected to improve equipment availability, loading, and reduce reliance on higher cost hauling contractors. To assess to address processing plant challenges, Roosevelt has initiated an asset integrity program with multiple improvement initiatives to be run over the next 18 months and to bottleneck congested mill areas. And the ongoing adsorption desorption project is intended to improve the efficiency of the carbon management circuit. Westwood produced 8,000 ounces in the second quarter of 2021 with the mill processing Grand Duke open pit ore while mining in East Zone Underground restarted in June albeit at a more tempered pace in order to implement recommended and enhanced safety measures. Slower productivity and underground mining activities reflect the implementation of additional safety measures recommended by a group of external experts in conjunction with our own internal um, uh, mining uh, and geotechnical experts. In addition, and also with a focus on safety, we will be implementing uh, additional egresses in the planned zones of extraction. Open pit mining at Grand Duke sequenced through a small pushback with access to higher grade zones was delayed by a shut, slowdown of ore haulage due to ore stockpiling limitations at the mill. All in sustaining costs for the quarter were $2,412 per ounce sold, primarily due to higher costs of sales and higher sustaining capital expenditures when compared to the prior quarter. Costs of sales were higher than prior periods, primarily due to lower sales volume and higher mining costs due to the start of underground mining. We have reduced 
Westwood 2021 production guidance to 35,000 to 45,000 ounces, primarily to reflect the additional safety measures noted, as well as a slower than planned ramp up of personnel. Development, rehabilitation, and extraction activities are expected to ramp up in the second half of 2021, and we are assessing the impact of all of these factors on 2022 planning. Work on a medium-term three-year operating plan is expected to be completed before year-end as we continue to evaluate this asset to identify the optimal path forward for the company and for our site workforce. I'll now provide you an update on our construction project at Cote Gold. At Cote, as previously disclosed, we identified certain estimated project cost increases from a project review resulting in our 70% share of updated project costs from July 1st, 2020 net of leasing to be now estimated at 1.125 billion to $1.175 million. Given expenditures to date, our remaining 70% share of project costs from July 1st, 2021 forward, based on these assumptions, is estimated at 930 to $980 million. As we disclosed, and based on available information and work completed to date, which is ongoing, the change in the project cost estimate was primarily driven by increased structural, mechanical, piping, electrical, and concrete estimates for the processing plant facility and increases in earthworks and concrete estimates representing collectively almost 50% of the increase. Additional increases were estimated in mine facilities costs, including the uh, with the inclusion of a portion of the camp cost previously uh, that had been earmarked in operating costs as a lease, resulting increases in indirect costs, EPCM and owner costs, direct costs related to COVID-19, and changes in the currency exchange rate, partially offset by the transfer of certain costs to the operating period. The revised project costs range includes new contingency amounts for the remaining expenditures estimate. These revisions result from increases in estimates, including quantities in manpower, changes in scope, the negative impact of COVID-19 on labor productivity and, and due to inflation. As of June 30th, detailed engineering for Cote has advanced to approximately 82% complete Cote has advanced to 27% overall project completion. The project expended $89.7 million in the quarter and has expanded $193 million since July 1st, 2020. Activities in the quarter included progression of procurement and expediting of major equipment contracts with a logistics contract awarded. Progression of earthworks with road, with road work, water pumping, fish re relocation, and the completion of the tailings management coffer dam and drill and blast activities in the open pit. Plant site blasting has been completed and the final level adjustments are ongoing. The concrete batch plant was commissioned and, and is in production with, ver with concrete pouring and formwork started with focused on the ball mill and vertical uh, mill foundation work. The permanent camp has also progressed with about 60% of the planned permanent capacity commissioned at the end of July, accommodating over 700 workers at site. For the balance of the year, the work plan will continue to focus on earthworks, haul road construction and water management infrastructure around the pit site. Pre-stripping work in the pit is expected to continue during the third quarter. Permanent camp is expected to be fully commissioned as well in the third quarter. Civil works currently underway at the plant site are expected to, to continue with the placement of precast and cast in place concrete, as well as, the pre, as well as preparation for the plant building shell erection. Updated 2021 project costs are $430 million with about $301 million remaining in the second half of the year. And we expect to have an initial mineral resource on the Gosseland zone in the fourth quarter. This slide summarizes our progress to date. We remain on track and are working steadily to meet our targets. This slide shows a few pictures uh, highlighting the construction progress uh, at Cote. I'll now switch over to a discussion on our development and exploration projects. 
from a development perspective, we continue to de-risk the Bodo project infrastructure, including the year-round access road and airstrip, engineering for critical plant equipment, and the implementation of local sustainability programs. We are assessing these activities and the associated capital spending and timing. Our brownfield exploration focus is on drilling to evaluate and assess resource potential of targets near Essex and Roosevelt, with surface drilling at Westwood focused on evaluating the resource potential between the Grand Duke and the old Doyon pit, and underground drilling focused on supporting the restart of underground milling operations, mining operations, excuse me. And with that, I will pass the call over to Daniela. Thank you, Gord. And good morning, everyone. The following are some key highlights of our second quarter financial results. We reported adjusted EBITDA of 85 million from sales of 135,000 ounces at an average realized gold price of $1,800 per ounce. For the first six months of the year, adjusted EBITDA was $185 million from sales of 288,000 ounces at an average realized gold price of 1788 per ounce. Net loss was $4.5 million or one cent per share and adjusted net loss was $3.6 million or one cent per share. We generated $1.9 million in mine site free cash flow in the second quarter, reflecting the operating challenges in the quarter that Gord discussed. For the first six months of the year, mine site free cash flow was $91.4 million. In terms of our financial position, we ended the quarter with cash, cash equivalents, and short-term investments of $830 million. We continue to maintain a largely undrawn credit facility of $500 million, maturing in January of 2025, resulting in total available liquidity of approximately $1.3 billion at June 30. We entered into further gold sale prepayment arrangements this quarter at, an, at a weighted average cost of 4.45% per annum in respect of 150,000 gold ounces, with an average forward contract price of 1753 per ounce on 50,000 gold ounces and a caller range of $1,700 to $2,100 per ounce on 100,000 gold ounces. These transactions have the effect of rolling all of the 2019 prepayment arrangement on 150,000 ounces from 2022 to 2024 after the completion of the construction of the Cote Gold project. The new arrangement will result in total cash prepayment to the company over the course of 2022 of $236 million on 150,000 gold ounces. In respect of the 150,000 ounces that we pre-sold in 2019 under that particular prepayment arrangement, we will receive $30 million in cash payments over the course of 2022, assuming the gold price remains above $1,500 per ounce. In the quarter, we also continued to further manage our Canadian dollar risk exposure and entered into a target accrual redemption forward or a TARF structure on $120 million Canadian, assuming the USD uh, Canadian exchange rate is below the strike price of $1.30, uh, and that's to risk manage the $1.30 FX um, on which our assumptions uh, are based. This is described in further detail in our MDNA. Looking forward, total per ounce cost guidance for 2021 has been increased, mainly to reflect the lower total attributable production guidance and cost pressures experienced in the first half of the year, certain of which are expected to continue in the second half of 2021 along with a stronger Canadian dollar and euro. All in sustaining cost per ounce sold guidance is expected to be impacted by the factors that we've discussed and also it reflects increased planned spending on sustaining capital investments in the second half of 2021 at our operations. 
taking a closer look at our cash flows in the second quarter, cash generated from earnings of $76.2 million was partially offset by income tax paid of almost $21 million. Movements in non-cash working capital items and non-current or stockpiles resulted in an outflow of $17.6 million, reflecting the use of cash in receivables and other current assets of $6 million, primarily due to new claims for VAT, outflows related to inventories and non-current ore stockpiles of $23 million, primarily due to higher cost of production at Rosabelle, and an increase in accounts payable and accrued liabilities of almost $12 million, primarily due to the timing of payment of suppliers. Net cash used in investing activities reflected capital expenditures of almost $152 million and capitalized borrowing cost of $9 million, partially offset by cash received from the second and final closing of our royalties portfolio sale of $10 million. Net cash used in financing activities reflects interest paid on our outstanding senior notes, leases, loans, and dividends paid to minority interests. As noted earlier, our cash position was $830 million at the end of the quarter, and net cash was $292.3 million, with total available liquidity to the company of $1.3 billion at June 30. Assuming the continuation of prevailing commodity prices and exchange rates, and operations performing in accordance with updated guidance mine plans, we believe we have adequate liquidity to implement near-term operational plans and complete the development of the Cote Gold project. The company may take additional measures to ensure adequate liquidity and flexibility in support of our strategy, taking into consideration market conditions ongoing operational and financial performance, and project development progress. I will now pass the call back over to Gord to conclude. Thank you, Daniela. Looking ahead at ESSICAN, the mill optimization project has already demonstrated improve, improvement in hard rock ore processing capacity, which is expected to continue over the balance of the year and into the future and to stabilize and to provide additional crushing capacity for hard rock throughput. At Rosabelle, we are implementing a number of initiatives to address the headwinds encountered in the second quarter, and we are progressing on the remaining Saramaca infrastructure. At Westwood, we have restarted mining in the east zone. At the Cote construction project, we are at 27% overall project completion. At Bodo, we continue to de-risk. And in exploration, we are targeting a maiden resource for Gosseland later this year. Thank you to everyone for joining us today. I will now pass the call back over to the operator for Q&A. Thank you. We'll now begin the question and answer session. To join the question queue, you may press star then one on your telephone keypad. You will hear a tone acknowledging your request. If you're using a speakerphone, please pick up your handset before pressing any keys. To withdraw your question, please press star then one. Sorry, star then two. Our first question is from Josh Wolfson with RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Hey, good morning. Um, just sort of focusing on the on the Cote Capital number. Um, you know, I'm I'm curious to understand. You know, what what specifically changed? Uh, obviously, I know there's there's impacts from from inflation and from uh, COVID, um, but obviously, you know, the historical guidance had been, uh, you know, fixed price contracts in place, a lot of hedging. So I'm just wondering what you know beyond those items, uh, you know, resulted in the in the overall change in capital. Thanks, Josh. Um, well. As as we stated in our in our disclosure, uh, we undertook a project review uh, during the quarter. You know, in parallel, obviously, with advancing the detailed engineering and procurement work. Um, and through this process, we had identified additional costs, some of which were 
um, both significant and unexpected. Um, the biggest impacts are related to um, structural, mechanical, piping, electrical in instrumentation. We, we, we call that SMPEI, uh, and earthworks and concrete costs, which together account uh, for roughly 50% of the increase. So there were estimate changes uh, that, in, that included uh, uh, increases in both quantities of material and manpower. Uh, additionally to those impacts, which were, 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 as I said, quite significant, and as you, you commented, we did see some impacts through the inflation, some minor changes in scope and, and, and growth projects. Uh, we do see impacts of COVID-19 on productivity uh, on productivity assessments, as well as some direct COVID in, in, in costs and impacts of, of, of currency exchange. Uh, and additionally, we we've done a probabilistic reassessment of the remaining work and applied um, a prudent contingency to those numbers. So there are a number of sources of, of change. Um, the, the, the bigger changes were with the SMPEI and the, and the concrete, uh, with some some changes on, on on earthworks and others. Okay, and the, what's the um, I guess either percentage or dollar amount of the new capital number for this uh, contingency now? Um, we're not I've, we're not going to release that contingency number at this point in time, um, but we feel it's it it's prudent and uh, has really really looked at us uh, uh, applying a number that, that allows us to complete the remaining project within the revised estimate. Okay. Um, and then uh, for the actual, you know, ac construction activities, what are the critical path items today to keep this second half 2023 um, scheduling? Um, Critical path, I guess, is really for us um, around completion of the process building. Um, so we're working on foundations, uh, foundation mats for the for the larger uh, uh, processing equipment, the ball mill and the verde mills. Uh, that's ongoing. Uh, we're also building the foundation materials, both uh, cast in place and precast, uh, for the structure of the building itself. Um, our, our current um, timeline for for the process building uh, enclosure is in Q1 of, of next year. Uh, we're working very aggressively to see if we can improve upon that. Um, other timeline, you know, other critical path timeline, uh, we are working through the pre-stripping uh, on the pit. We expect to start owner mining in Q3 next year. Um, it's not fully on the critical path because there's there's some certainly some ability to accelerate it if we need to later on um, however it's 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 one of our key activities right now uh, and we're getting into tailings dam foundation work again tailings specifically is not on the critical path um, but uh, it's it's obviously an activity that that we need to get out of the way most of the critical path goes through the process building okay um, and then for for the operating costs uh, targets, um, you know, for the I guess eight hundred dollar per annum. Could you remind us what the well, I guess what what the forecast unit cost items are if you if you happen to have those numbers? Um, actually, right now, Josh, we we are reworking uh, and relooking at uh, what our operating cost uh, model is looking like. Um, you know, I we're, we we aren't ready to to release that right now. There's obviously been some some short-term inflation uh, issues that, we're, that we're, we're, we are uh, reviewing. Um, that being said, I, you know, we are going back and zero basing and, and really, really looking at um, what the operating cost impacts are. You know, when we made the announcement in July of last year and, and through the technical session, um, we, we did go into a fair bit of detail as to where we saw the operating cost sitting. And um, and updated them from what uh, had been used for the feasibility study. Uh, again, I don't have those numbers for you today, but we are we are uh, looking to to enhance that model and update that model, and we will release it uh, uh, when we're when we have that information available. Okay, and uh, I apologize for taking up so much airtime here. Last one, just on uh, on Westwood. 
Um, you know, is there any sort of additional insight as to when you know when the company could receive approval for mining in the in some of the other areas, I guess the west or central area, and then what you know if if there's visibility on when you know a new mine plan comes out or a new uh, projections there? Yeah, we're so uh, a couple of questions there. Uh, you know, with respect to the west zone and the central zone. Uh, currently, we we are expecting to be able to restart those uh, uh, early next year, um, although they're, they will be staged. We're doing some um, additional design work and, and rehabilitation and, and, and working through our work in the East Zone to understand, uh, you know, the implications of all of that, uh, as well as uh, looking at the design, you know, with a real focus on safety as we move into those new areas. The team is working very hard on a on a on a medium term uh, mine plan uh, that we plan to have out before the end of the year. Great, thanks so much. Thanks, Josh. The next question is from Mike Parkin with National Bank. Please go ahead. Great, thanks, guys, for taking my questions. Um, following up on some of the stuff that Josh. You know, mentioned. I know you're reviewing the opex. Uh, the June, um, sorry, the yeah, June 2020 on Cote had ASIC at 771. In terms of what you've transferred over to cost, do you have a sense of like what that will do on a per ounce basis with this update in terms of capex with some flowing over to opex? Um. Thanks, Mike. Um, actually, as, as we look at the numbers, there there were some transfers um, to to uh, the operating period of, of some of the capital, mostly mostly some additional mine tons uh, that that have been pushed into the operating period, uh, and some some equipment to go with it. Uh, on the flip side, there were also some changes coming from the operating cost side back into the capital period. I think we, you know we mentioned in the disclosure that the um, uh, part of the camp cost had been assumed to be a third-party lease, uh, which would have been borne by the operating period, and now that is being taken in the capital period. Um, uh, on a minor basis, there's also a similar sort of uh, assumption or change with respect to the assay lab, a uh, smaller dollar number. Overall, um, the balance between those, those two changes is, is, is close to negligible. <laughs> Um, so, I, with respect to the transfers into the operating period, we're not we're not anticipating a, a big impact on on the all-in sustaining costs uh, from that transfer. Uh, we are reviewing, along with our operating costs, so we're obviously reviewing our sustaining capital uh, at the same time. And 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 when we're you know when we're ready to come out with operating costs, we'll be able to speak with sustaining capital at the same time. Uh, that includes. Uh, capitalized stripping, obviously any impacts we see on operating costs will, will bear directly on, on the cost of, uh, of, of capitalized stripping. Uh, and as well, uh, reviewing the, the construction sequence uh, for the tailings dam and, try, and, and working to understand uh, what opportunities or, or, or changes might come out of that. So it's sort of a complete package um, and, and uh, we're working through that right now, Mike. All right. Are you seeing any, like I recognize it's pretty early days, but are you seeing any signs that your your estimated costs on either tailings dam development or early strip work on the pit are showing signs that your life of mine estimates are, are too low? Or is that too early to say? <laughs> it, it's, it's pretty early to say. Um, you know, I... Uh, there are both gives and takes we're seeing. Uh, you know, we're we're really f focused on assessing uh, what the impact of, of the inflationary pressures are on some of the input costs. Um, at the same time, uh, as we're looking at our productivity assumptions for operating uh, and other measures of that that nature, there are some there are, there are actually some opportunities and some um, some improvements we're, we expect to see out of that. So. Uh, there's a few moving parts. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to speculate as to what the, the net uh, impact will be, um, but but it is something that is being assessed for sure. Okay. 
And then um, with the, the comment around you, the project review and identifying additional costs, was any of that you realized you need more cement uh, or concrete work or steel work? Um, it, yes, <laughs> effectively, yes. Um, as we reassessed the, the, the volumes and we and we we did the re-estimate. We saw there were some significant changes from the original estimate uh, uh, on those volumes uh, as being applied to 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 the uh, to the cost estimate. Um, so yes, we have seen some increase in concrete and steel um, uh, versus uh, what was used in the original estimate, uh, and that in fact is driving a lot of the of the overall increase, significant significant increase. And what drove that in terms of concrete volumes? Is that as you got, you know, down into bedrock for foundation work, you just realized you had to go a bit deeper, or is it a structural, you know, structural stability um, change that additional foundational materials required? Um, there's, there's some of that, not, not, not a significant amount of that. Um, there is also some, um, uh, scope change, if you will, within the, the building. Uh, we wanted to put additional reinforcement, um, in and around the, the primary, uh, uh sorry, the, the, the crusher aisle and the, um, and, and some of the structures around some of the larger uh, pieces of equipment. So there, there, there was a little bit of scope change there. Uh, but but a lot of it is is just going back to the original estimate and and um, uh, how that estimate was done versus uh, as we got into the details with the more advanced engineering and going through it, uh, it's not uh, it's not scope change as much as it is uh, that the the estimate needed to be redone and and uh, and uh, and identified that there was. Uh, uh, certainly additional materials and, and, and labor required to install it. Okay. And then just the last question for me, uh, your partner, Sumitomo, you know, is reviewing these changes. What's the path there? Like, is that, is there anything where they can come back and, and challenge uh, the scope changes or are their hands kind of tied and they have to kind of come to the table with their share of the capital? Um, look, like it, our JOV agreement with, with Sumitomo is, is, I think, I would describe it as relatively standard with respect to this. Um, like us, um, they are very keen on, on the reconciliation exercise we're going through and understanding it. Um, you know, we have majority vote um, uh, as the senior partner uh, on the budget uh, going forward for construction. Um, and and uh, you know we we do expect them to 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 challenge the assumptions just as we expect our own owners team on an ongoing basis to to challenge the assumptions and look for uh, for uh, for opportunities for savings. Uh, that being said, there you know as you'd well imagine with with a project uh, moving forward, uh, you know. The, the the senior partner, the majority partner, um, uh, basically uh, has the the, uh, the ability to to push forward the project. Okay, uh, thanks, guys. That's it for me. And next question is from Anita Sony with CIBC World Markets. Please go ahead. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, thanks for taking my call. So, Gord, um, can I just ask, in terms of your near-term capital plans, are there any changes to the um, the outlook for the spending at Boto at this stage? Would you consider deferring that or or plan to go ahead with that kind of spend? And is, could you remind us how much that is in 2022? Uh, so, I, I, I believe the guidance, and, and I will confirm it with you afterwards, Anita, but I believe the guidance uh, for uh, 2021 for Bodo is $55 million of new spend. Uh, there, there was some overlap from the prior year. Um, that being said, uh, we are obviously, um, you know, given the revised uh, guidance and, and given the cost increase at, at, at Cote, 
we are looking at all of our expenditures around the, the company and 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 Bodo among them. Um, we've always uh, we've always it reiterated that you know the the spend at Bodo uh, is is on behalf of of de-risking that project and 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 providing the opportunity to execute it uh, at the appropriate time when we want it. Uh, uh, so. Understanding that and understanding uh, the scheduling, uh, our focus is on on Cote, uh, on executing and completing that project. Um, so we will be looking at Bodo amongst other um, uh, amongst other capital uh, uh, requirements. So we want to make sure um, that uh, we're we're solidly um, uh, founded in order to to complete uh, Cote uh, as per plan. Sorry, just had to remove itself on mute there for a sec. Um, the second question, I guess, is with regards to operating costs. Josh, Josh asked this uh, a little bit, but is there any? Um, I mean, are you? I, I think I ask this every time Cote comes up. But how confident are you in that mining cost per ton number and uh, the efficacy of these HPGRs when they come on stream? Uh, that's a relatively low mining cost um, number uh, relative to you know some some of the other bigger operations in Canada. Um, and what they've been able to achieve. So I just wanted to get your latest thinking on on where that could go. Uh, and then secondly, how that would impact um, your assumptions on reserves. Can you remind me, are we doing the, the base case scenario or the extended case scenario in your current life of mine plan? And I think the extended case has 0.93 gram per ton material versus 0.98 as the average. Um, yeah, I, I, the extended case, uh, it has some additional low grade at the very end, so it, you know it may have that. We are using the extended case in our model. The impact is really just, um, I think, an extra year and a half of of, of low grade uh, ore handling at the end uh, uh, of the mine life. Um, mm -hmm. With respect to the cost estimate, as I said, uh, we're reviewing it um, and, and have been doing so on an ongoing basis. Um, from a productivity standpoint, uh, we think we're, we're comfortable and the numbers we're using are conservative, both on the mining and the milling costs. Um, uh, with respect to the inputs, uh, the consumables and so forth, uh, you know, we do recognize that there has been uh, some relatively sharp in inflation in, in some of the, the input, uh, uh, the consumables uh, numbers, and, and, and we need to assess what the impact on costs uh, will be for that. Um, with respect to HPGR and milling, um, you know, again, we, we are comfortable there. There are several HBGR um, installations around the world, uh, so there's a fairly good database of understanding um, what the uh, what the impacts of that are. And and quite typically, um, HPGR versus SAG from a cost per ton basis, especially for brittle ores like we have at Cote, um, is, is is significantly superior from a from an operating cost standpoint. Both in terms of energy consumption, but also uh, um, uh, consumables like steel consumption, um, and and that was a part of our, our our rationale for moving to uh, HPGR for this project uh, versus uh, versus sag milling. The 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 ore sort of told us where to go with it. Okay, and then um, just in terms of the um, the tailings facility, could you remind me what kind it is? I'm assuming it was central line. Um, or was it modified central line in your in your um, uh, current thinking? Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it's modified center center line. I mean, the, I, okay. I believe the first couple of lifts are, are downstream. Um, once once the pond is up and established, uh, it moves to center line at the top. But uh, the first couple of lifts are, 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 are a typical downstream construction. Okay, and last, uh, probably a little bit ignored with this release, but um, could you just remind us? Um, or, or kind of uh, give us some indication of the amount, well, how you see uh, Rosabelle unfolding into 2022, given the issues that you've had uh, in the first half of the year with the camp and the labor and um, uh, and productivity rates. So how should we think about um, carryover impacts into 2022 for uh, Saramaca and Rosabelle? Um, so Anita, we're, we're, we're currently assessing what 2022 is gonna look like. 
Um, I, you know, I, I don't want to sp- speculate on what those final numbers will be. Uh, and, uh, you know, at the end, it, it, uh, some of it will be determined by the success of our, of our mediation, remediation um, uh, plans that we're putting in place or activities that we're, we're putting in place right now at Roosevelt. Um, so as we build those back and, and as we get uh, a little further on, uh, we will be having a very good look at, at what 2023 and the remainder of the life of mine for, for Roosevelt looks like and, and, and understanding you know, what that deposit can give us. Um, we have a new block model as well that we are, are, are focused on and, and, and incorporating it. Um, you know, we do want to make sure that we have uh, appropriate conservative estimates uh, as we move move forward with with Roosevelt. So um, that's a bit of a, a stay tuned, and and uh, you know, uh, as we move forward here, uh, we will be providing additional color on on what Roosevelt looks like. Okay, thank you for answering all my questions. Thanks, Anita. The next question is from Tanya Jakuskanek with Scotiabank. Please go ahead. Uh, good morning, everyone, and thank you for taking uh, my call. Um, maybe just um, starting on just some of the, the smaller items. Just on BOTO, you said you're looking at uh, you know, all options to enhance value, optimize value there. Um, is selling the asset one of them, one of your options? Um. Look, Tanya, we we uh, we really do like uh, Bodo and what it provides for us, as well as as the the regional opportunities there. Um, that being said, um, you know it's part of our role um, uh, as stewards of this company to to assess all of our assets at any given point in time. Um, and uh, you know the 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 current situation. Uh, really demands that we have a good hard look at, at each and every asset in the portfolio and understand uh, what the appropriate path forward is for us uh, to achieve uh, sort of the longer term strategy. Um, you know, I, I, um, I, I'm going to leave it at that, but uh, um, we are looking at, uh, at, at, at what's possible with Bodo, just like we're looking at what's possible uh, with Westwood and, and, and other assets. Okay. Um, maybe then just moving on. Uh, I, I know we've, we've asked quite a number of questions on Cote, and we'll wait for, um, you know, as you get through your costs, uh, reviewing your costs. But maybe what uh, you can share with us is right now, inflation-wise, can you review with us what you are seeing inflationary pressures in your costs in jurisdictions you're operating? So Canada, Africa, and South America like labor, consumables, et cetera? Um, I, I don't have all of the percentages for you, uh, Tanya, but we are seeing um, increased fuel prices, certainly. Um, some of that is offset by our hedging program uh, that, that, that uh, we have run for several years in, in, in managing our, our, our fuel costs, um, primarily at the open pit operations, but also uh, managing the input fuel costs uh, for the Cote construction pro- project. Um, so we are seeing uh, some pressures there. Um, we are seeing some general supply chain uh, pressures uh, on, on, on costs, um, uh, I think, in a few areas, both on, um, you know, on the expediting and transport. Um, obviously, the, the shipping industry out there in the world is, is is a little bit topsy turvy, so we have we have seen increases in that. Um, uh, consumables like steel, um, as everybody's well aware, the price of steel is up right now. Um, we 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 do have uh, you know fixed term contracts on grinding media uh, and liners and that sort of thing, uh, but they're not longer term. So as we look at it, uh, we we would expect to see some pressures there. Um, major inputs um, uh, like uh, uh, explosives as well have been in, affected by the increase in in, um, in fuel prices, but also by the you know by the transportation cost increases. Um, on the positive side, uh, we were able to resolve um, our, our collective bargaining agreement at Roosevelt, um, and and uh, um, so those 
uh, you know, those numbers are, break, are, are baked into our current estimates as we move forward. Uh, likewise, with respect to ESSICAN, um, albeit it was a much shorter um, period of time required to resolve it, uh, we were also able to, to, to sign off on the collective bargaining agreement at ESSICAN during the year for, for a th three-year term. So, so those things are, are going to serve us uh, well uh, from that side. Um, productivity, contractor costs. There, there, there are, there are inflation, pre inflationary pressures out there right now, um, and unlike everything, uh, and I imagine like a lot of our competitors, uh, evaluating whether their permanent uh, inflationary impacts or, or temporal uh, inflationary impacts, kind of like we saw with 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 lumber here in Canada, um, is is you know it's 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 it's, it's a challenging. Um, analysis to, to say are these numbers up and are they going to stick uh, or is it is it something um, that's a bit ephemeral and will go away uh, in the near term? Uh, maybe just the labor costs in Canada then uh, Gord what are you seeing there? Yeah yeah, you know labor costs in Canada uh, I mean we were looking at uh, um, labor cost um, uh, inflationary statistics out of the government here as part of the work that we're doing right now in, in, in analyzing COTE. Um, and there has been um, inflation uh, of labor costs uh, above and beyond what is the general inflation uh, in Canada. I, I believe, um, you know, the number I saw was some, I believe, in the order of, of, of Five and a half, six percent, something like that, uh, over the past year in in, in labor costs, uh, industrial labor costs. Um, I, I I I don't have the exact figure in at the tip of my uh, at the tip of my tongue, but um, I certainly uh, happy to to report that back to you. Uh, yeah, that you know, would be Westwood. Westwood is is under uh, an existing CBA, so we're we're sort of managed there. Although there is a degree of of indexing to CPI. Um, at at Cote, um, you know, we don't have any kind of a specific uh, labor agreement for the operation. We do have we we do have some agreements in place with respect to the to the construction programs. Um, uh, so it it you know it, it's one that's out there, and as we move to the operating period, we're going to need to understand it. I think um, you know one of the things that we did at, at Cote. Uh, specifically understanding the Canadian labor market was the move to automated haulage and automated drilling um, um, really to help us uh, uh, mitigate somewhat uh, our exposure to Canadian labor rates. Okay. And then maybe if I could just ask on, on Roosevelt, because there's a lot of things happening there, um, you know, um, from the pit to the mill. You've had a change in management at the mine site. You're still dealing with illegal miners. Just a bit concerned about everything going there, so maybe if you can just review from the pit to the mill to all the management changing and the illegal miners, um, just what has happened? Well, uh, in some ways, a, a bit of a perfect storm, if you will, uh, Tanya at at uh, uh, at Rosabelle. Um, you know, as we reported, uh, uh, I'll start with the weather because it 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 was the, the one of the bigger smacks in the head. Um, so to the middle of the year, um, Roosevelt is experiencing a uh, it's it's beyond a one in twenty year event, probably closer to a one in one hundred year event um, in, in Suriname. Um, in the month of May, uh, nearly three quarters of a uh, of a meter of rainfall uh, was experienced at Roosevelt. So so that had a number of of, of impacts. Uh, and, and you know, to, to delineate them um, in the in the Roosevelt pits, um, it, it obviously impacted our ability to to dewater the pits uh, and and force mining at Roosevelt more into the into the expansion phases, which are which are lower grade, and and restricts our access into the bottom of the pit. Um, overall, rain impacts uh, obviously affected our, our our just our ability to mine generally. Uh, uh, in the pushbacks at, at Roosevelt as well, uh, because the pushbacks tend to be in softer rock and, and, and access is difficult. 
At Saramaca, it had some very strong effects, the, the rainfall during the quarter. Again, uh, mostly in pit. Uh, you know, the main haul road between Saramaca and Rosabelle is built out of rock and, and is well-drained and, and generally performed very, very well uh, despite the high rainfall. But the access areas within the pit itself uh, were, were very, very challenged for the quarter. Um, Saramaca is all saprolite. There is no hard rock there. Uh, to help with road bedding. Uh, the team has been working on a number of technical solutions to improve the in-pit access, but it, it was impacted. Uh, and as a result, um, part of what was done at, at, at Saramaca during the quarter was a move to a small satellite lower grade pit, which, which was easier to access while they, while they worked on reestablishing the access into the pit. Uh, a, we are backhauling a lot of rock from, from Rosabelle into Saramaca. And as we move forward, we really do see, uh, uh, we'll get that footing in place. Um, another important impact, um, given the nature of, of, of the process at Saramaca, uh, there's, there are uh, typically sort of two or three rehandles of the ore before it hits the mill. Uh, and that, that was the original plan. And the additional rain, um, coupled with the, the, the high clay nature of the ore that we're, we're mining right now, meant that uh, this, that ore was becoming saturated and, and extremely sticky uh, and had follow-on effects at the mill. Uh, so, so, so that was the, you know, the primary mill effect. Uh, we are working on the, the carbon management uh, system at the mill. We, you know, the one we have in place has been there for a while and, and needs some work. Um, so we do have a program in place to um, uh, to really bolster uh, the capacity of the mill to manage uh, sticky rock uh, as well as hard rock in, and 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 uh, to treat the carbon effectively. Um, so we're expecting that that capital project to be completed by the end of the year. It's not a big capital project, uh, but we we are are very much looking forward to the expected uh, recovery impacts we'll see out of it. Um, you know, I guess the other key impact, uh, obviously, for the quarter uh, was COVID, uh, and COVID impacted us in a lot of different ways. Uh, COVID um, uh, directly, uh, you know, there was a big wave in Suriname um, towards the second half of the third quarter, of the second quarter, excuse me, um, and that led to uh, a number of countrywide shutdowns. It, it led to some unrest and some civil unrest in and around the country, some blockades, uh, which did challenge us. Um, so at, at a macro level, we had those COVID impacts locally within the mine. Um, we also had COVID impacts. Um, and uh, just like everyone reads the news around how COVID impacts areas, you get clusters uh, within a mine site, just as you get clusters within the general population. Uh, and for Rosabelle, some of those clusters occurred in the maintenance departments. So it's not like if you're down 10%, um, every department is down 10%. Um, you can be down 10% and have some departments much, much more uh, drastically affected by COVID, not only from direct infection, but also contra contact tracing and contact isolation. Uh, and for Rosabelle, the maintenance departments, uh, both in the mine and mill, uh, were impacted. Uh, and that's driven uh, a backlog in, in maintenance uh, required in both of those areas. Uh, and that's been incorporated into the, into the plan going forward. Uh, we, as you pointed out, uh, we have uh, sent in some reinforcements. We've made a few management changes uh, and are, are, are significantly reinforcing the, the maintenance team so that we can we can pick up on that backlog, uh, both in the mill uh, and with with the uh, with the mining group. Um, and the last one, and you know, we are working through it. Uh, we did have a, pro, a protracted collective bargaining uh, negotiation with the union at Rosabelle, and it was finally resolved uh, in May. But prior to that. Um, you know, we, we, we did see some impacts on, on, on productivity. As we look at the remainder of the year and throughout the organization, uh, we are implementing a, a, a cost savings and productivity improvement um, exercise called I Am All In. Um, Rose, it, it started at 
Essacan, uh, we're already starting to to see some 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 nice uh, opportunities there going forward, and, and very shortly we'll be implementing that at Rosabelle as well. Um, so you know the confluence of of of, of all of these factors um, uh, really put us behind the eight ball. Not only impacted the production, uh, obviously very severely for Q2, but also impacted our sequencing and 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 our ability to react going forward, uh, and hence the reduction in in the in the in the forecast for the remainder of the year. Um, you know I'm I'm happy with the team we have in place. Uh, and 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 we are working uh, very aggressively to 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 get Rosabelle um, back on its feet as quickly as possible. And maybe just on the illegal miners and what we're doing there to just keep them away from the pits. Yeah, with respect to the illegal miners, um, we've been working uh, very closely with the government. Um, you know, we have signed some agreements with the government with respect to, to security. Um, we. Overall, um, versus prior years, are seeing a steady decrease um, in, uh, in, the, in the number of illegal miners that, that we have at site. Um, that being said, they're, um, you know, they are challenging. Uh, we are implementing some additional security measures uh, to allow us to, to manage that situation better. Uh, we're also obviously working very hard with the communities uh, on our community development programs and, and, and other opportunities to provide uh, alternatives for people um, who are, are being impacted by you know, devaluation and inflation in country uh, and are, are obviously looking to find a way um, to generate some, some income for themselves. Um, so we, it's not only um, you know, the, the immediate reactionary uh, work we're doing to manage that issue, uh, but it's also going back to the root cause behind that issue uh, and, and, and working closely with the government and, and with our communities to find ways um, um, to, to reduce it to, to, to a manageable level in the long term. Um, you know, they, they may be illegal, but they're not necessarily bad miners. They, they know where high-grade material is, and, and, uh, and they're... Um, you know they're 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 pretty creative in in their uh, in their tactics. So uh, we need to find a way to remove the incentive. Okay. Well, good luck at Roosevelt. Thank you very much, Danya. This concludes the time allocated for questions on today's call. I'll now hand the call back over to Indy Gopinathan for closing remarks. Thank you very much, Gaylene. And thanks to everyone for joining us this morning and for your continued engagement with I Am Gold. We look forward to having you join us again for our third quarter conference call in November. Goodbye. This concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating and have a pleasant day. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.